Yes! Over the line! What we've got here is failure to communicate. I want winners. I call that bold talk for a one-eyed fat man. And here are your hosts, RJ Young and Brandon Drum. Look, I know some people on our site, you know, were upset that it wasn't like a four or five star. Maybe I overhyped it. I, I don't know. I don't really care, to be honest. Um, I think that anytime you get a kid that is 100% going to going to flip from um, Oklahoma to we're going to flip from Oklahoma State to Oklahoma. Um, that's a win. That's a, that's more than a win. That's a huge win for the University of Oklahoma and the Oklahoma football program because Walker has been offered by Texas, has been offered by Oklahoma State, committed to Oklahoma State in March, and was offered by Oklahoma on April nineteenth, almost a month and thirteen a month and thirteen days after he committed to Oklahoma State. Um, there was a lot of controversy behind that offer. Walker spoke publicly about feeling kind of shunned a little bit because um, he really didn't realize that OU had just finished switch staffs. So that staff was still offering 2020, and they are to this day still offering 2020 kids on the defensive side of the ball because they haven't been able to eval for what they need in this system at the University of Oklahoma because they didn't know the depth chart. They weren't, you know, they have to, you have to fill in the gaps when you get there and, and you know, do it as you go uh, when you get hired at a new position. And that's what they were doing. Um, they offered Walker. It took a little bit, but about a month afterwards, he decided in, in building a relationship with Coach Odom, Coach Grinch, and Coach Riley to take that visit on May 10th. And then on May 10th, he comes back and says, man, I'm kind of open here. I really, really liked it. That I had never experienced anything like the University of Oklahoma. I don't want to leave that far from home. So let's let I'm going to, have to think about some things. He took more visits to Oklahoma State, but was quietly taking visits to OU and trying not to have it public because he didn't want to, you know, cause more issue and more more stuff because of certain things on other sites that were causing a problem as far as. Uh, being misquoted and stuff like that, and it wasn't any OU sites or anything like that. So that's that's here and over there. Um, and then obviously you have certain people accusing OU media members of doing this and that. And that's why the flip, or that's why the kid was, you know, potentially flipping to begin with, which was just hilarious. Um, I didn't know media members had that much power, but hey, whatever. Um, so all that's going down. Walker's trying to decide, and then he goes up and does that pool party at Oklahoma State, and then tells Robert Allen, "Hey, I'm I'm reaffirmed, Oklahoma State, the uh, GoPokes.com, the two four seven site." And then, um, but he said uh, reaffirmed, but he also said, "I'm reaffirmed," but he paused and said, "As far as I'm reaffirmed right now," he left that open with the right now. Um, he took another visit quietly to Oklahoma. And after that visit, he decided like four or five days later that he wanted to flip to Oklahoma. Uh, he saw what he wanted to see. 
He knew that the Petroleum Engineer School at the University of Oklahoma was highly ranked. Um, he knew that education-wise, he was set up at OU. It was how did he fit into that scheme? So the last time, last couple times, he took a visit down to OU. He said he did nothing but watch film and really try to get to know the coaches, and that's that's kind of what sold it and ended it uh, for Oklahoma to to be the people that they ended up winning the battle in the Bedlam battle right there as far as the recruiting battle with Walker. Um, I, it's it's a big win. People can diminish it as much as they want. Uh, if he had went on the camp circuit, you're talking about a guy that's probably a four-star. Really, four, he is a legit four-star guy. Uh, you can watch his film. His 17 sacks that he had last year as a junior. Um, there's no way you can't look at him and see his pedigree. One, DNA plays into it, regardless of people want to say that that doesn't matter at all. Genetics and DNA play a huge part in all this. Uh, his upside is upside is huge. Uh, he's raw. He's athletic. He has a nasty first step off the edge that is almost impossible to block. Once he has your snap count down, you're done. You're done. He's going to get back there, and whether it's the running back or the quarterback, whoever has a the ball, they're going. They're going to get that uh, for a loss. So uh, he's a big get. He has a chance to be 250, 260 pounds, and be a rush backer because that's what Oklahoma is recruiting him at now. I saw your video about him moving inside. That that's potentially could, but if if he does walk around, I'll be happy about that because he definitely does not want to play inside at all. He just looks like the kind of dude that can carry the weight because he's already got oh, he the does. NFL he does. pedigree with Denard Walker as his dad, who played at LSU in nine years in the NFL, and at six foot three to thirty. You could easily see him blowing up to be the size of Ronnie Perkins, which, you know, we're, we're talking about him as a hand-on-the-ground defensive end. And you could also just see, hey, Brendan, you have enough speed to move inside, and you can be dynamic inside. And that is always going to be the need for Oklahoma. You're going to be able to find rush backers, okay? You got Wete, you got Ugwebu. You can, you can go get the tweener to do that job, right? Because, I mean, there's a difference between being 6'4", 225, it means six foot three, two thirty. Like Brendan Walker's already bigger than Wet Day and Uwebu today. That's he's bigger than Uwebu. Yeah, like Uwebu. Oh man, when I see them, when I saw Uwebu in person, I always thought he's. To this day, I still feel like he was bigger than Walker. Nah, man. Like, cause I talked to him at the end of May, and this is on the channel. He said, "Look, I'm, you know, I'm about two thirty now. You know, he was two twenty five when we spoke in like February. <laughs> so already, Brendan Walker's bigger than both of those cats, and he's still got a year to grow." And that's why right. I'm saying you could easily see that dude move inside, especially since he's already comfortable <clears throat> just with his hand on the ground. That's not something that you could say about Uguebu or Wete. Yeah. They are they, mm -hmm. they are out and out stand up rushbackers. That's who they are. I believe Brendan Walker has the potential to at the very least be a five technique, right? And if he was as tall as Tumisi, uh, excuse me, Tumise Adelaye, you would talk about him moving inside too. So, I mean, let's see how much he grows, and let's see how much weight, if any, he puts on. But the fact that matters for right. me, that's a, at, at the very least a guy that you expect to take over for Roddy Perkins in a couple of years. Yes. And at, and, at the, and at the most, you see him at the three technique, you know, because I'm really fascinated to see what Grinch thinks a defensive tackle looks like in his scheme because, again, Hercules Mata'afa – was a six foot three, two hundred fifty pound one technique, and he was an all American in this scheme. So, and looking at Brendan Walker, 
Tell me the difference. And that's what I'm getting at because, again, Mata'afa was, well, Mata'afa <laughs> was recruited as an outside linebacker. And he was, as oh, big as, he was as big as Walker is now. And so you can see how I'm walking that out, right? I'm not just saying it to say it. Yeah, I, I just I can't. I, I guess I can, but I can't see. I can't see him. I, I just don't think they're going to do that to him. Um, just off of promises that he doesn't want his hand in the, He he said he'll do it if he has to, but he would rather not have his hand in the dirt. Well, once he gets here, we'll see what they do because things. Yeah, change. that's true. Um, but no, it's a, it's a good it's 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 a good pickup. I'm not going to call it a great pickup. But it's a good pickup because now you get to continue to demonstrate to the in-state kids that you matter. And just because right. we were late on the eval doesn't mean that we didn't get around, one, to offering, and two, pursuing in such a way that Brendan Walker felt good about flipping his commitment. I do want to touch on him saying, hey, the Miles Price offer getting pulled because he took a visit did have something to do with my thinking mm-hmm. about whether or not I wanted to stay with Oklahoma State, let alone – Flip straight over to Oklahoma, and you talk uh, to him. So, what are you yeah. thinking about this? I think it mattered more than people know. That's all I can. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. That's that's not. I don't want to word this. It's not something I'm going to publicly talk about, just because it's not my place. If he wants to talk about it, he can talk about it. Um, but he he voices. Well, opinions. I mean, just read his quote then. Like, yeah, so when and uh, when I talked to him, the quote that I was allowed to use was, um, I just wish it was handled a bit differently. I get the situation, but Miles and I were close. That one hurt a bit. Now, when, when he and I spoke, he had just got off the phone with Miles because I – he had put out the tweet, okay? So this is how the conversation even started. He put out the tweet, and I texted him, and I said, wow, you seem upset about, you know, um, the Miles Price situation, and he called me. Because I, 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 that, that told me he had more to say when, I, when he started to call me. So I picked up the phone, we talked. He was, he was upset, because his, his side of the story that he got was, uh, something that he didn't like. That's why he's saying I, I handle it a bit differently. Uh, he gets the situation, he said, because of the visits and stuff, but he doesn't like how it was handled. He thinks pulling a kid and, and, and like he, he, he reiterated in our conversation like three or four different times, life-changing decision. And that's exactly what this is to him. And all of these kids that are making this decision, it's a life-changing decision because it's, to them, you have to understand, these four or five years are a quarter of their life. I mean, to us as adults, it's less meaningful. But to a, to a 16, 17, 18-year-old kid, that's massive. I don't know about you, dog, but every year of my life is meaningful to me. Well, do you know what I'm saying? You, you well, know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, well, I, I do, but I think the point here is kind of missed on everybody where we keep making <clears throat> recruiting a lot like dating. And we make it a lot like marriage, and it's not. It's a business. Transaction. <laughs> that, that was the Vandergriff analogy. <laughs> well, no, but but it's a business transaction. That's what it is. It, I'm offering you because I think right. you can help me succeed at my job. You're taking the offer because you think I can help you succeed at your job. But as soon as those two things don't align anymore, we are no longer in business together. And if you're being <sighs> pursued by Google, 
and Apple just wants to interview you, you'd be stupid not to take the interview. Because what? I mean, loyalty does matter, but loyalty matters among family. And if family's what you're pitching, then you trust family to come back. You know, like I'm I'm thinking about this in terms of in terms of what is the goal, right? Because the goal is for you to win games. And if I think you can help me win games, I'm gonna offer you. If I don't think you can help me win games, I'm not gonna offer you. We have this conversation all the time about whether Oklahoma high school kids can help Oklahoma win football games, right? So Mm -hmm. the idea that you wouldn't let a kid go take a visit also speaks to desperation. And I think that the more you put your hands around a kid, the more it looks bad. You know, and like let the let the kid, like you would like you like if you want to continue if you want to continue to go with your dating analogy, not yours, but just in general, you want to continue to go with that, do you not trust your spouse? Because if you don't trust your spouse, then what are you doing? Right. You know, because now we're talking about Let's let's make it a guy woman thing, right? Let's say, I mean, you're married, and I don't not want to get into your marriage, but I do want to <laughs> say, when does it stop? Do you do you go to your your spouse and say, hey, don't talk to that guy, if that guy says hi, or do you say, hey, uh, uh, or if it gets to a point to where that your spouse is being hit on, if it has to be you that says, hey, why do you let that person hit on you? Then you got to reevaluate the marriage, okay? Yes, because that's right. because the spouse has to be strong enough and loyal enough to be like, hey, yo, look, uh, maybe not. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example in recruiting. Bryce Young was at Elite Eleven, right? And Wilt mm-hmm. Fong had a, a good bit about this, but Bama Online had the story. Uh, shout out to them. That's the two four seven Alabama site, right? Right. because Steve Sarkeesian, like Lincoln Riley, has made Bryce Young his top target for 2020. Despite what you might think, because Sarkeesian was at USC, he liked Bryce Young when he was there, and when he got the job back at Alabama, he said, "This is the guy that I want." And all along, you know, you and I have talked to people close to to Bryce. We talked to his dad repeatedly. Bryce has been steadfast. I'm going to USC. I'm committed to USC. I appreciate talking to everybody. I appreciate hearing from everybody, and I do. I FaceTime with Nick Saban and my family, you know, just a couple weeks ago. I I appreciate it, and it shows how much. They value me, and it also speaks to how good I am at this. But I'm committed to USC. That's the way that all this should happen. So if Bryce Young uh-huh. wanted to take a visit to Alabama, or Bryce Young wanted to take a visit to US, or, or excuse me, to Oklahoma, you know who's not flipping stuff? Clay Helton. You know, Clay Helton right. got Brew McCoy back because Clay Helton had the smart thing to say when Brew McCoy said, I want to go to Texas. Hey, Brew and his family, they are family to us. And whether he goes to Texas or not, we will always cherish them. And we will look forward to his continued success. That came right, back take around. The high road. Right. Yep. And that came back around. And he ends up with Brew McCoy. Same thing with Chris Steele. He was committed to USC. Ended up going to Florida. Came back around. Ends up at USC. I'm saying that if you show self-confidence and you show self-respect, that's attractive. Not just in potential mates, but in potential coaches. And Mike right. Gundy does not show any of that. And that's my issue, right? I understand that everybody's got their policy because you're going, hey, what Mike Gundy's policy isn't any different than Dabo Sweeney. I don't think Dabo Sweeney's policy is good either. And let's not talk about Clemson as if they've been on fire for 20 years. They are new money that's won a couple national championships. Cool. Great. But how you treat people is how they remember you. And you have nailed it when Brendan Walker said, it mattered to me how the Miles Price situation was handled. I understand that it needed to be handled. 
But the way that it was handled is why I'm talking about it in the way I am now. Yeah. And I mean, I, I pretty much, yeah, that was kind of one of those deals where I paraphrased him a little bit and asked for the approval. I literally sent it to him before I put it out there. Like, hey, is this okay? Because he wanted me to put it out there. Uh, when we when we spoke on Monday, um, so a lot of people don't understand. Like, so my, he calls me on Monday just out of the blue. I was like, hey, I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell OU on Wednesday I'm committing. And I'm like, okay, cool, man. <laughs> like, it just kind of blew me away. <laughs> like, I was shocked because it was like 1030 at night, and I wasn't expecting it. I I literally, like, people were like, well, we expected him to flip. I was like, man, I talked to him a lot, and I did not expect this. So um, There are yeah, other guys yeah. that we had at the top of our list, like Brandon and I just talking, that we had ahead of Brendan Walker. Okay? Yes. Let's put it that yeah. way. All right? Yeah. I mean, there are like other he, guys he, that we we still expect to do something that haven't done anything. Right, yeah. And this, this is that's why I'm like, dude, this is blew my mind away. So when I said on the site – I was shocked and it kind of blew me away and it was un- unsuspected because I didn't expect it. Like I didn't, I expected him to stick with Oklahoma state till the season rolled around. I honestly, till the season rolled around and that's kind of what he was putting out. I mean, he was putting that out to me and if anybody, he was going to tell anybody, honestly, he was going to tell me, Hey, this is how it really is. And he was like, Hey, I'm going to, I want to take another visit. I want to do my official. I want to do this and that. Then all of a sudden this Miles Price thing happened, and bam. I mean, it, it had more to do with it than he would – he's going to publicly say um, because he doesn't want – you know, that, and I don't blame him. Um, he he kind of just wants to move on and, and and do his thing at Oklahoma, and just that's it. Like that, That's what I gather from him and talking to him. He's just He's ready for this to be over with. He hates the recruiting process. Absolutely can't stand it. Cannot stand it. And we're running into more kids like that that Oklahoma is recruiting than not. And I want to I want to put that in, in just make that clear. The guys that Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch seem to want most are talented, right? At the mm-hmm. first and foremost. But they also tend to find like especially with this twenty and twenty twenty one group, more than the twenty nineteen twenty nineteen group, honestly, they're low key. And by low-key, I mean they don't want the frills. Like, Brian Darby got his offer, and he took it. Uh, Nate Anderson got his offer, and he took it. Trevin West got his offer, and he took it. You know, Ryan Watts didn't wait around for more than, what, three months? Like, he took a few visits, and then he came down. Uh, Dante Manning, a couple months, and then he said, this is what I'm doing, even as people want to continue to yell about A&M. Like, you look at both sides of the ball, right? Show me the Mm. prima donna. There really isn't. Right. And I mean, like, you know, no shade here, but Theo Weiss, he didn't know until he knew. RJ Henderson ends up in Florida. Didn't know, didn't know, didn't know. And then that was that. You know, uh, Jay Nasalwood, who was committed, but also just kind of played it out. Um, (laughs) The only dude that we were sure of, like legitimately sure of in that Trajan. Well, Yes, right, but I was really going to go Spencer because he was in the boat for the longest. Yeah, yeah, Trajan and Spencer really Tra- you know, Trajan, thing. Spencer, and Stogner. Stogner doesn't get enough credit for oh, being the oh, first guy yeah, in Austin, that class. Austin, Austin, yeah, oh yeah, well, yeah. Because yeah. it was him and then it was Spencer Rattler. There is a Stanford scare that people don't know about, but yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, okay, but point, point being, there are some guys that absolutely love being recruited, and I think um, 
Zach Evans right now is one of those guys, right? He likes being recruited. Kendall Milton, one of those guys. Trace McClellan. Right. Uh, Bijan Robinson. Even though he's been committed for three years, he keeps, like, even the, the Bama thing. Well, we, I mean, and, and but let's I, be clear. I don't think as an Oklahoma fan you should be worried. Well, but, but I also want to, I also want to speak to this. You, we all want to be recruited, right? I mean, to make it about dating and marriage again, let your spouse know that you love them and let them know every day. Because you have to, to to keep them in the boat, right? Because it's recruiting. You know, if you're if you're not the kind of dude that brings flowers to your wife, count it, right? Count the days, right? If you're not the kind of person that thinks that you have to constantly prove so, yourself to your spouse, count it. So let me let me ask you something real quick. Go ahead. The so we get you gave really good examples: Austin Stogner, uh, Trajan Bridges, uh, Spencer Rattler. What? Those guys were as loyal as loyal could get. Uh, even when Stogner had the Stanford thing, he wasn't going to go anywhere. Like that, you knew it. You knew he wasn't going to go anywhere because he was loyal, and that's just who he was. And Oklahoma's where he wanted to be, and it was—it's pretty well known. Um, what do you think the defining personality traits are in those guys that make it that way? Self-confidence and self-respect. Self-confidence and self-respect. I, uh, I don't. I, I know I do this thing, and I guess that's just my my lot in in our podcast and more or less mm-hmm. in life. But I, I read and read widely, and I was reading Joan Didion this morning, and she defined character, and I thought it was really good. She defined it as a willingness to take responsibility for your own life, and that is the source for which all self-respect springs. You take responsibility for your own actions and you walk through life knowing you're making the best decision for yourself and for your family and as much as you can others around you and you stand in it, right? Because you remember even late in the Spencer's uh, recruitment, it's like A&M was making a a move and Spencer was like, squash that. Stop. Stop stop that. You know, I mean, all of those dudes, for the most part, they are sound of mind. They are sound of, of who they are. Like EJ and Domo Gar, he's sound of who he is right. and who he yep. wants to be. Stacy Wilkins is another one that people don't realize. Well, he... so you know, Stacy chirps, and that's that's the thing that's that's difficult, right? Stacy, yeah, he be... does, but he's still loyal. As I'll get out. Too. Well, and I'm I'm pointing to him as a guy that I think falls into the Jace McClellan type of situation where, yeah, I'm committed. I also like to talk, and I also like to be wanted. You know, yep. I'm, I'm gonna be interested to see what what happens with Stacy once Bill Beanbow gets his hands on him in a real way. Because <laughs> I, I think we're I think he's gonna be one of those dudes that tells the truth and shames the devil. It's like, yo, man, I I knew it was gonna be hard, but is this like Bronson Irwin actually told on himself, and I enjoyed this. I love it because I was like, what you were there when when Bill got the job, and he said it wasn't that we did anything different. We just did more of it, and we did it all the time. And I was like, what do you mean? It's like, well, you know, with Kittle and Bobby Jack Wright, you do a few drills, and you you know, basically try to stay fresh. Bill didn't care about you being fresh. He just worked you and worked you right. and worked you and worked you and worked you and would split up the group so that you had to get more reps. And by the, by the time you figure out what's going on, it's like, we can't keep doing this, and yet you would keep doing it. And I, I'm – 
you know, we won't get to talk to Stacy for like a year or six months. Make the bowl game when they make the bowl yeah. Game. The, well, they they at the end of the so what Oklahoma's been doing now is like we finally got a uh, Buki right. Like I think right before Bedlam, maybe a little before. Maybe in Texas Tech. I can't remember. Somewhere around there that we finally got to talk to Buki. It was like the last two or three games of the year. So I think they, they kind of make them go through all those classes over and over and over until they feel comfortable enough. And then they kind of throw them out there. Because the second Buki, I should, I'll never forget it. He walks in there, and everybody remembers this this kid, that the, the recruited kid, right, that that just talked. And he had, he had no filter. Well, he gets in there, and... He was great. Don't get me wrong. And he, he said some things that were really intriguing and things that other people wouldn't say. But it was like a dumbed down version of the Buki that we knew. No, but so they, but that's that's a guy that was contributing the entire year, right? And I don't expect Stacy to true, do that. That's guy. true. That's all I was getting at. Like I expect Stacy to redshirt. That's no shade. That's just that's just what's in front. Well, of no, him. he's thin. He's thin. He's well, got to put on some weight. Well, like I said, that that and that's just what's in front of him, right? Uh, but what I'm saying is, the point there is you can. I'm looking at the 2020 guys, and I'm going, "Who's the chatterbox?" Ooh. Yeah, get what? That's what I mean by the understated. That's what I mean by. No, okay. Now, now I'm gonna go. I'm clicking on the class real quick because I've got to figure. But out but we can think of world. we can think of three, four, five chatterboxes in the 2019 class. Oh yeah, and 2018, right? And 2017, right? Yep. Right, and that's what I mean by this. This class is a little bit different. Or take Vandegrift. Ryan Watts is a little bit of a chatterbox. No, nah, Ryan is just gregarious. Ryan is not out here talking noise. Ryan's just talking. Like he's he's just a cool kid. Like I you know what I you enjoy talking is? to him. You know who it is? It's Perion. We'll see. I think and Michael Michael Henderson. All right, Mikey. I M- Mikey tweets. Mikey doesn't talk. Mikey tweets and then he deletes it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think, how funny is that? Like two days I, later, like where'd the tweet go? No, I think Mikey's just out here having a good time. I think oh, he he toys with people, man. Yeah, because he knows fools left and right. Yeah. I, I tell people all, all the time, Twitter's not real. You know, I know we put a lot of emphasis on it because we're having a good time and news breaks there mm-hmm. and, you know, people are scrolling basically Woj's Twitter feed at present. By the way, Mike Mascala <laughs> has agreed to a deal with the Thunder as we're recording this podcast. What? Yep. Who Who is Mike Mascala? He's a $5 million center. That's who he is. So Adams is gone. Well, yeah, he's been gone for like three weeks. So, so where, where... Okay, this is this is we're totally digressing. I apologize. I don't care. I've been following this closely. I got to do a radio show. I, I apologize to all I, you Oklahoma Sooners non Thunder fans. Mike Mascala. So our starting center is going to be Nerlens Noel. It, no, he actually asked for time to reevaluate their their deal because he knows he has them over a barrel now. And then Billy didn't treat him well. Remember that Billy didn't like playing so, Nerlens Noel. Woj just came out and said it was a done deal. And then Woj came back and said that Nerlens Noel asked for more time. This thing I haven't seen in more time crap. What what is this? You you're you're late is what it is. Well, yeah, I've been driving. I, I just people don't this know. This is why we're on the out. podcast. I'll read it for you. Free agent Nerlens Noel asked OKC right for time to reevaluate their earlier commitment on a new deal, and sides are continuing discussion. League sources tell ESPN. He'll sign. Yeah, well, he'll sign for more money, and that's kind of my point. Because now, now, 
He knows he's going to be their starting center. So why wouldn't you? I know I have you over a barrel. You're going to start Mike Mascala, and you don't have another five. Who are you going to go get? Al Horford signed with the Sixers, for all you folks yeah. out there who thought that was going to happen, which is we'll not talk about. I'm not going to call you names. Just going to say there was a guy to go get. You couldn't get together a deal to go get him. I understand. So basically, Oklahoma City just signed a six points a game. Now you stop looking at his stats. Style. Stop looking at his stats. Look at his salary. That's what you signed. You signed salary. You got you dumped salary. Now you got to figure out what you're going to get back for Stephen Adams because if you can still get back a okay, five. Okay, so he's in. So he's in. So so people are saying there's like confirmed pictures and stuff of Presti in Minneapolis. Are they going to go after Teague, bro? Are they trying to make bro, that deal, bro? Bro, calm down. Step back. Step back. Step back. Are we going to get Cat? Are we going to get Cat? No, you're not going to get Cat. Come on. Don't, don't. Let me, let me live, let me live this dream. No, you're a Denver fan. You got Joe Flacco. I'm not letting you live anything. I can live the Cat dream. I'm a Thunder fan. No, you can't. You can't afford him. They can if they get rid of Schroeder and him at the same time. <laughs> no, uh, you're... You, if, not, would you do that if you were if you were Minneapolis and you know that Cat doesn't want to be there? Would you trade? No, I wouldn't have traded James Harden when he didn't want to be here. No, I'm saying, would you trade for Cat? Would you? No, I just said it. Out? No, you're under contract. I own you. No, I wouldn't have traded Anthony Davis. You're gonna so stay you here. Not get anything for him. You're crazy. No, I. Hey, look, I'd have made him stay here through the All Star break. I would have made it. Oh. We're gonna be miserable together. Okay, yeah. you're not no. gonna tell. No, I uh, no, no. Look, why you're not GM? <laughs> no, why? Because I I do a better job. No, that's a horrible job. You no, go no. and you get what you can. Presty learned like he did. Did he? Because he went in a luxury tax for a team that got beat by Logo Lillard. Okay, but and he went in a luxury tax for Dion Waiters. And he went in a luxury tax for for a team that got bounced by Donovan Mitchell in Utah. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. By the All-Star break, but last year at the All-Star break, everybody's saying the Thunder was the one team that could beat Golden State, and then the Thunder, everybody got hurt. Did they? Because I feel like Paul George's shoulders yes, have been busted up for two weeks, or, or two years. They did all get hurt. They, they, they Where did Russ's surgeries. jumper go? Who? Russ. Oh, he, he scoped his knee. Do you not remember? Yeah, I do remember. I do remember. I also remember that he's getting paid Supermax. Yeah, he's, he hasn't. He, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, he, oh, oh, he, uh, he hasn't had his knee scoped in the last. Okay, so where did Pat Patterson's jumper go? Well, he was on the bench. Yeah, so I know. Shoot a jumper. I'm, I, look, I could pick this team apart. All right, I, 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 I'll do this segment again. I'm gonna just flip it back before we continue to okay, argue yeah, for too long. Nobody wants to listen to the podcast again. <laughs> Sorry for they want to listen folks. to it because we're serving it up over here. Anyway, you're down in Dallas, getting prepared to go. See the opening in the morning. There are now four confirmed Sooner commits. What are you yeah, most excited to see? Um, I'm excited to see Seth McGowan just because I thought he deserved it from a jump. I was down there in Houston. He pretty much dominated that and was really shocked because. So the the funny thing is, is like I was trying to do the interview with him, and I don't know the coach that does the running backs and. But he like pulled him away in the middle of our interview, and Seth goes, "Well, I'll be right back." So he comes back, and we hadn't even started recording again. I was down there with Colin. He goes, 
I go, well, what did he say? He goes, I think I got it. He's going to let me know. Um, but he said he pretty much think I got it. And then, then he didn't get the invite. Um, so I was shocked. So it's really cool to see him uh, get that invite. Um, I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see what Ryan Watts does. Um, I'm excited to see what Nate Nate Anderson does. And obviously, uh, Jason McClellan's always fun in these events because he, he puts on a pretty good show because he is so versatile in this stuff. When you get the cat and mouse drills, he makes people look like fools, and it's awesome. All right. Well, uh, I'm excited to hear what you have to say. We'll try to do a podcast during the middle of the week. We'll see what your schedule is like. Is there something else you wanted to cover? Rame, real quick. That's right. That's right. Uh, th- there is one Andrew Rame that we need to talk about. Yeah. Okay. So, folks, patience. <laughs> That's all I can say is patience. Uh, he's we're talking about he's recruiting. Pretty, Nobody has any patience. Yeah. Well, so it, I've been in contact with him and his parents throughout this whole thing. So just be patient. I'm not saying he's going to Oklahoma because it is an OU and Georgia deal right now. Michigan's in there, but I don't think they're up there with the other two. Um, we'll know on he, – he has a way he wants to announce. I do know that. So um, that's all getting set up and planned, he says. So we'll, we'll figure it all out, and we'll know. I guess he said by the 9th or 10th of July is the for sure date. And it's it's kind of gone back and forth. So I just know that Oklahoma is cautiously optimistic right now from what I'm gathering, um, and uh, his family and Rame have not told Oklahoma one way or the other if they're going. They haven't told anybody if they're going anywhere. So that's always good news as you get further and further away from those official visits at uh, Georgia and Michigan. And he took that unofficial at Oklahoma. But you have to understand that he is from Oklahoma. He has family here. So leaving said family is always hard to do. And so I, I still am going to pick Oklahoma. Am I as confident as I was two weeks ago? Nope. But um, I'll still pick Oklahoma, and I'll, I'll eat crow if he doesn't go there. Can I make a devil's advocate observation? Sure. My man was committed until May of last year. Dudes that decommit and reopen their recruitment sometimes come back, but the odds are not good. CD Lamb. I said the odds are not good. Do you want me to talk about the guys that decommitted and didn't come back? Because there's a longer list. That's fair. That's fair. Look, look, I said let me walk it out. I said let me walk it out, didn't I? All right, walk it out. Thank you. Thank you. Walk it out. Now walk it out. And you're, you're talking about what you said, a kid that's from the state. Now, he is the top recruit in the 2020 class in state, correct? Correct. Can I say one thing? The person close to him did tell me he would be walking away from an 18-year dream of playing at Oklahoma. Well, I mean, okay, fine. The person that told you is probably right but he still could walk away and he still could end up at michigan he still could, he could. end up at georgia that's what i'm saying i'm i'm point that i'm making here is that when we're talking about oklahoma this would be three years in a row that you didn't secure the number one recruit in the state okay tell me what's wrong there that's not good 
Right. So, like, when you're talking about dudes that, that decommitted, they're from outside the state. Well, the three dudes that were the number one in the state were all from Tulsa, so it starts to look like Tulsa is out against Oklahoma. Well, I'm from Tulsa. I know. Yeah, and I and I and Rain's from Tulsa. Yep. All right. So you're, you're so are you, Proctor, so is so was Hill. Hill. So Hill Hill would have went to Oklahoma had it not been for the the parent aspect. We yeah, well, that. I mean, and I would have had lighter skin if. You know, right? But I mean, there were there were extenuating circumstances why that. Didn't well, I mean, you're you're coming up with with excuses for the for the opinion that I have yet to give. Okay, go for it. You know, I'm just saying that. Show me the kid that's decommitted from Oklahoma, that's from the state of Oklahoma that has returned to Oklahoma. Ryan Broyles. Cool. That was where I was going, and the devil's advocate take was just that. Look. It doesn't go well when anybody decommits from anybody. But it's happened before. Now, in Ryan Broyles' case, he's literally down the road. Literally. In mm-hmm. Andrew Rames' case, he's two hours down the road. And you could say 18-year dream, but it was an 18-year dream when he decommitted the first he, time. He has he has a family deal that also would keep him close. Well, we, and, and we could talk about that at length. You but the I'm fact of the matter is, yeah. if you're still if you're still entertaining Georgia, which is on the East Coast, and you're entertaining Michigan, which is next to frigging Canada, that family issue ain't what we really think it is. Because if you're entertaining Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, and Kansas, that's different. But since you're entertaining close to home and far and farther, I don't really f- that doesn't follow with me. And I and I understand you're working with a different set of information. But mm-hmm. calling it from the sky view, it seems 50-50 between Sam Pittman and Bill Biedenbow. That's fair. I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you kind of on that. So, I, I, just, I just don't want it to feel like – I don't want it to feel like a huge letdown. If well, it's going to be a letdown because it's an in-state kid going somewhere else. So just, this is it. And it's an offensive lineman, and they just won the Joe Moore Award the year before. Just cutting me off before I get done with the sentences, man. I know, but I'm just saying that you, you don't want to cut. hear what I'm telling you. That that's what it is. You don't want no, to hear. What I do I'm want to hear you, but I'm just saying it has to be a letdown when it comes to that. I I think it has to be a letdown anytime they lose a kid like this. I thought it was a letdown last May, but but how did it work out? That's where I'm going. Yeah. Okay. How does it that's work fair. out? You know, like. I, I I I tend to think less about kiddos that decommit and then recommit because I'm going Ugh. now. CD Lamb's case it worked out cool, and in, in Theo Weiss's case, hope it works out cool. But there's something there, man. I mean, mm-hmm. there there's some there's something there, and whether you want to talk about hey I did it too early and I locked myself out because when we're talking about the whole can you take visits bit? Yeah, you make it easy for a kiddo. When, when you say, once you're a public commit, I don't want you taking any visits. I don't want you to see the country. I don't want you to see what else is out there. I don't want you to see how anybody else does business. Yeah, you don't leave the kid any choice. And then that taste right. stays in their mouth, whether they commit or not. And that's my point. That's my point, right? My, my, my overall point here is simply that faking this full circle about Brendan Walker is where I was trying to go. That I think Andrew Rame just wanted to see what other people do, but even as he's, I agree, but even as he's seeing what other people do, he remembers it's probably laid out for him that if you if you go see other people, we're not gonna like it. It's like, well, fine then, screw it. 
I decommitted. I'm the number one kid in the state. I can go wherever I want. And if you want to burn a bridge with me, that's fine. I think that the, you know, look, kiddos using their leverage, I'm going to be for that. And if you force them into a corner to where you say, once you commit, you're committed, expect them not to commit. So are you are you saying that Oklahoma kind of forced frame? Is that what you're saying back in May, last May? I, I think if they're working on the same rules of, of oh, whether no, or not it kid- wasn't. Well, I'm, I'm, I mean, do we really know? Yeah, because they were shocked because he basically he had, he had taken visits in Oklahoma. Did I can tell you they were everybody was shocked. Everybody was shocked that he did because B. B. he had gotten the go ahead to take. I mean, B. What's up? I I know what you were told because I know what I was told. Okay. But, but I but I, I'm also I get what you're saying. You're devil's advocate. I get it. I I'm I, I'm also saying that that this all there are conversations that are being had that you and I frankly aren't privy to. And we're told what we're told from both ends and we believe what we believe. And I'm just watching all this stuff play out and I'm watching coaches clinch up and I'm watching now granted, this is this is the caveat here. Reigns decommitment came before the portal. That's true. So the rules were different, right? And we and we believe the rules were different because of that. But all things being equal today, let's say that happened this May, I think I think it would have been simply that. Right. And I think the and what Rain watching out how everything has been played out over the last year is gonna factor in his decision, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like you saw RJ Proctor just walk in here out of the portal. Now you could say grad transfer, and that that's one thing, right? But let's let's make it a kid that's not a grad transfer. Let's make it a kid that's just seeking immediate eligibility, which is another reason they're tightening them up. But I'm just there's lots of stuff for him to think about that goes outside of, hey, Georgia versus Michigan versus Oklahoma. Oh yeah. And I don't blame the kid for pushing his dates back. I don't blame him for wanting oh, to write the second time. And I don't certainly don't blame any of the kids for thinking that hey, I don't want to be boxed in. For sure. You know, especially yeah. as you're going to be boxed in with a hundred other kids. You know, like, again, it's just the whole, you're not dating a head coach. You know, you're, you're, you're in business with a head coach who's in business with 85 other scholarship players depending on the year. Right. So a- anyway, that that's where I was going. I just wanted to complicate the issue a little bit more with a little bit oh, more to think no, about. It, yeah, I mean, your point's fair. Um I, I I see what you're saying, and I I don't disagree with it. Um, I think that him pushing stuff back and people getting frustrated with it all, I get it. The fans are going to get frustrated because they want it now. They want the excitement. They want all that. And they want them to, the number one kid in the state to be a part of the University of Oklahoma and a part of that program and to help potentially try to win the eighth national title or whatever, depending on – how you count if you're Bama, it's like the 20th national title for a year or whatever. But um, they want that, and they want it now, whereas the kid, again, goes back to Brennan Walker and him saying life-changing decision. This is a life-changing decision for them. They're making this decision, and it's they're the ones living this, and they're the ones that have to go to wake up at 5 a.m. every morning and do these workouts and where do they want to do these workouts? Do they want to do it in Athens? Do they want to do Norman? Do they want to do it in Ann Arbor? I mean, that that is stuff they have to think about. Are they close with certain players on certain teams? I mean, that that there is a lot to 
to sift through when making this decision. All right. I think that's a good place to leave it. Brandon Drum at Brandon Drum 247. I'm RJ. You can find me wherever. Well, I'm everywhere. At OU247. Right. There you go. There you go. There you go. Yeah, man. Have a good time. I'm going to check in with you if you find something worth talking about. Uh, Otherwise, we'll recap you being down there. Cool, man. Sounds good. All right, brother. See you.